Joining us now in our studios is State Representative for District 20B. It's Todd Lippert. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. Thanks for coming in today on April Fool's Day. April Fool's, that's right. <laughs> now let's start I'm, off. I'm, I'm, I'm on edge. I don't know what's going to happen in these next 10 minutes. I, well, I'd be wondering what's going to happen the rest of the day at the legislature. <laughs> Aren't we uh, all? Does the state legislature as a whole, do, eh, they have a, much of a sense of humor. Um, uh, rarely. <laughs> rarely. We uh, Individually, we have sense of, a sense of humor with one another, but uh, then... As we get into joint conversations together, it's pretty serious business. It's National Fun Day as well today, so, uh, well, good luck with that if you're <laughs> going up there. Uh, let's talk about this. Uh, well, first of all, the headlines uh, today is the reinsurance program has been extended. Uh, talk about that. I, I, I understand it was not a uh, unanimous uh, decision, but it got through. It was not a unanimous decision. Um, I don't think anyone on our side of the aisle uh, was whether they voted for it or did not was um, uh, wild about it. Um, I did vote for the deal. I felt like it's in the must do, need to do category. Uh, the concern on our side is this isn't healthcare reform. It's a healthcare band aid, but it's but it's not reform. So what what's been happening and what happened uh, since 2017? The state of Minnesota has been uh, subsidizing the insurance premiums of those who are on the private in the private marketplace uh, to bring those costs down just a little bit because they've those are the uh, costs often kind of go off the rails. So in 2017 to 2019, uh, we were doing what's called reinsurance, and then in 2019 we we renewed the program again uh, for two more years, and we we're coming up against the deadline. And if we did not uh, renew the program. Again, uh, those who are in the private market would see a premium increase of 30 to 40 percent uh, this year. And so um, I felt like it was something that that um, should be addressed. And um, many others did, too. So the Republicans wanted a five year extension of the program uh, with a billion dollar price tag. Uh, we wanted less than that. We ended up with a, a three-year extension for $700 million. Now, the, we do expect the federal government to come through with uh, $200 million, uh, roughly, uh, to help with the health care access fund. And so that would bring the price tag down to $500 million. Uh, over three years, that feels reasonable to me uh, to support those who are in the private, uh, getting their insurance in the private market. Um, uh, just to keep those costs down a little bit. Is that taken out of the budget surplus, or where does that come from? Uh, so it's it, some of it's from the uh, you know ongoing out of the general fund uh, budget surplus will help help with that. As budget surplus is both um, one time and and ongoing. Um, so, uh, but it, you know it's a, it's a significant uh, price tag. But we know that those that the um, potential premium spikes for those in the insurance marketplace would be, would be high, so it's something that we felt we needed to deal with. State Representative Todd Lippert is with us. Uh, frontline workers is another thing that has been making headlines, and uh, the uh, bonus or reimbursement, I guess it's not reimbursement, but we have bonuses for the frontline workers has been discussed quite a bit. Is there Are you at a solution at this point? So there was another round of negotiations this week. We've been... Uh, We've been clear that we want a solution. We want something for workers as well as businesses. Republicans have been pushing a replenishment of the unemployment insurance trust fund, and they want two point seven billion dollars for that. And uh, we've been saying, 
you know, we know that most of that money is going to go to the largest businesses that have done very, very well through the pandemic. We do know that uh, some small businesses have been really struggling through the pandemic, and uh, we want to be supporting them. If we're going to do that, we're saying, we want to make sure that we're supporting workers as well. Frontline workers have been holding us together through the, through the pandemic in so many different ways. And we have a $1 billion uh, frontline worker bonus pay proposal for that, too. Um, We've been in negotiations. A speaker this week made another uh, pass in negotiations, essentially meeting the Republicans halfway. Uh, they want $2.7 billion for un- uh, the Unemployment Insurance Trust Fund. We were proposing a smaller package of $1 billion, so we met them halfway at one8 uh, but wanting to make sure we were doing both, working, uh, supporting workers and business. And um, uh, Senate President Jerry, Jeremy Miller, or Senate Majority Leader Jeremy Miller, said that um, that was actually pushing the conversations backwards. So we were a little confused. We felt like that was a good faith effort. Um, don't exactly know what's happening or what Republicans in the Senate want out of this. Uh, but, you know, those are what negotiations in private in or divided government look like sometimes we're not quite uh, moving forward it seems okay once again uh, todd lippard with us what else have you been working on uh, this uh, i guess this would be the second deadline of the uh, of the legislative session that's right most uh, most bills will um have their final hearings uh today if they're if they aren't heard today that's really going to be the end for uh, most everything that's happening, except for the large omnibus bills. Uh, so this week, uh, I was able to present a bill in the Higher Education Committee, which is the first time I presented there, and I was working with the University of Minnesota on a uh, sustainability package for them. The University of Minnesota has been doing great work in reducing their carbon footprint overall, and this would allow them to c- take a next step. So they uh, know they have aging infrastructure and in heating and cooling in many places, especially on the St. Paul campus. They'd like to upgrade that to geothermal. There's some really innovative geothermal technology that's both more cost-effective and extremely efficient. Uh, So it would uh, save money over time and help really help reduce uh, their carbon footprint. It's also a a way for the land-grant university to do what it's supposed to do, which is help us face challenges, uh, show innovative new technologies be kind of a showcase to the rest of the nation even the world um and so this would be an opportunity for that they also want to uh transition their vehicle fleet cars light trucks buses to evs put some solar up um so it's a good proposal had a good conversation about that in higher higher education committee hopefully we can get some support for it um and we'll find out more as the higher education budget uh comes out next week all right. Uh, yeah, Carlton, of course, uh, just went to the uh, geothermal, and that was a huge, monumental project for them. But it's going to last a long time. You That's know, right. Talking generations. Yeah, and and Carlton's work in geothermals has come up multiple times um, at the Capitol and the Climate and Energy Committee, and and uh, you know I know the University of Minnesota was was noticing what Carlton was doing and is wanting to do the same. So. Um, you know, these uh, Norfield is often leading in, in many different ways in this space, but it was, it was great to be working with uh, University of Minnesota on this, and hopefully we can move it forward. You know, we have been, of course, going through, humans have been going through a, a pandemic, an epidemic, uh, the last couple of years, and now uh, birds are. The avian flu really has started to get headlines by the scale and scope of it. And, of course, Minnesota's not immune. We have a lot of birds right here in Minnesota and just right in our neighborhood here in Northfield. Have there been talk about uh, taking some measures or perhaps seeing how the government can help out with that? Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of concern about avian, highly pathogenic <laughs> avian flu right now. Um, 
one thing that the public should know is very low risk to the public, uh, but it's a very big concern for uh, poultry producers, and we're one of the largest turkey producers um, in the country. Uh, so the Board of Animal Health website has a lot of information about uh, the avian flu. Uh, the Board of Animal Health is working with producers to put biosecurity plans in place. They've been doing that for a while um, and uh, want to make sure that if, if uh, people notice anything about their birds, pro- producers notice anything happening with their birds, there's a hotline to call on the Board of Animal Health website. Also, anyone with a backyard flock uh, should just be watching their birds too. This is uh, waterfowl are carrying carrying this. It's um, spreading very quickly. It's really throughout the country. Um, so just everyone, you know, be taking taking care, paying attention to your to your birds, your flock. Um, and then at the legislature, we're we're going to be having conversations about, you know, are there extra funds that need to be provided to the Board of Animal Health? To make sure we're supporting producers um, and helping them get through uh, get through what they're seeing with their birds. Um, it's a very stressful time for poultry producers in the state. All right. Uh, one final question is that uh, we, we've had a number of uh, Rice County uh, officials here uh, over the course of the past couple of months. And, uh, of course, they're building a new jail there, a new safety center. And one of the proposals has them paying for that uh, with a sales tax. Uh, have you uh, Has that been taken up in the legislature? Because it does need legislative uh, approval. Uh, yes, yeah, so there are a couple pieces to this. I'll actually be um, with Rice County officials as they're presenting a bonding proposal to the Capital Investment Committee next week, uh, and they're hoping to secure bonding funding for the majority of the funding. Um, and then they then there's a local sales tax proposal. Just to there will be a much smaller portion to pay the interest um, on uh, local local bonds just to, to cover that interest. The local sales tax proposal if that's approved at the legislature would be up for a vote. So uh, uh, Rice County voters have a chance to to either vote that up or down if they wanted that to be a part of the financing package. Um, but uh, we're looking, the county is looking to replace this critical infrastructure. The Rice County Jail was downgraded because of a lack of uh, recreation space and programming space. So a, a new facility is something they're pursuing. And uh, um, a couple different proposals that the legislature will see, we'll see what shakes out. All right. Uh, anything else? Um, just we're getting to the point in session where we're going to see exactly what's in the budget bills um, in the House. And uh, this next week will be our kind of final week before a legislative break. We'll see what's all in the bills, both in the House and Senate. And then we'll move into the second half of session and uh, final negotiations will take place as we as we try to wrap things up. All right. Representative Lipper, thank you so much for being in with us. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Have a good April Fool's Day and a National Fun Day. Uh, I wish you the best as well. Uh, fun day for all. All right. State Representative Todd Lippert of District 20B will be back with Northfield Public Library Executive